0: Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck, and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. Paige, today we are going to talk about adult children. And just so you know, yes, you're one of those. (laughs) So we're going to talk about whether parents should parent their adult children or not. I know. Many parents say, oh man, you're never done being a parent. And then other parents will say, no, but you know back off, don't do anything. <laughs> Once they're adults, that's it. your hands off, you're done, done, done. And so there's definitely mixed opinions here about whether you should be done, whether you should not be done. What does the young adult want as they're going into adulthood? and, and how do we make that happen where maybe you could parent them if you felt like there was a need? I think many people people see their children make uh, mistakes in adulthood and they think, ah, should I warn them or Should I tell them that's not a good idea? Not that girl, please, no, you know, or whatever, you know, we're not that guy or or something. And we want to warn them about some things. Um, it's always best to do pre-teaching before they even hit adulthood. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but also there are some things that you maybe can do, but then there may be some times when you shouldn't too. So let's talk about that. But before we do, as is tradition here on the Teaching Self-Government podcast, we're gonna talk about a fun family activity. And this is a fun one that we have done with our adult children multiple times talk to us Paige.
1: yes so definitely if you're gonna do this with younger children uh, discretion be advised i guess but 12 and we, up <laughs> yeah because uh-huh. we're dealing with sharp objects here so wh- but one thing that we love to do when we get together is to go hatchet throwing so there are lots of places now that have popped up that offer it's kind of like a bowling alley but for throwing sharp weapons and tools
0: it's great <laughs> It is. So- <laughs> I actually you know, really love they- it because I'm good at it. Okay. Oh, I'm just oh, gonna say now. I am good at it. I mean, it depends who you compare me to, but when I went to a recent girls camp for our church, I was like the star, like bullseye every time. And I'm like, man, I didn't even know I was so good at this. But then of course, when I'm stacked up against like dad I don't and know, Quinn Dad and <laughs> Porter. <laughs> I might, I might not be as good, but like I was or feeling Mitch, pretty, you know, <laughs> Mitch. Yeah, I might be. You know, I was feeling pretty good though. I gotta say, I was like, "Look at me go! I've got skills!" And all these That's young girls going are like, up against wow, girls. <laughs> how do you do that?" <laughs> well, they'd also never done it before, so there That's you go. True, yeah. yes. I was feeling unfair good. advantage. Exactly. Okay. Well, so anyway, throw some sharp objects. That's a fun thing to do (laughs) With with training and supervision in a lane where there's a designated target, you know, all that kind of stuff, but it's super fun. We love doing that. So see if there's a, maybe a hatchet throwing place in your area and it's worth the money, I think to go and do something like that. And they have different games at these places too, in the hatchet throwing, where you can like mix it up and not Cheat just throw it, it, but yeah. you can, yeah, you can choose different games or, or challenges for how to do the hatches. Once you get, you know, like really good, like maybe you already through five, yeah, start a game. It, it'll be fun. Okay, so here in the Teaching Self Government podcast, we actually relate everything back to the topic of self government. So, Paige, let's just have a little review. I mean, if if you haven't joined us before. Then this is new to you, but for many of you who have listened to all like hundred and something of these podcasts now, <laughs> uh, you know, this definition, maybe you're going to have it memorized this time. So what is the definition to self-government page?
1: Well, our homebrewed definition of self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them.
0: Yes. So it's two things you understand cause and effect and you understand your own behaviors. And the thing is, is this method of analyzing yourselves, correcting yourselves actually does beautiful things for your relationship. So often, and here's a little golden nugget. Okay. Golden nugget. If you have adult children, even if you don't have adult children, here's a golden nugget. If you have adult children, One of the most powerful things that you can do for your relationship with that adult child is work on yourself. You become the best version of you. You correct you. You repent again and again for all of the things, all of the judgments, all of the whatever. Apologize to them for what you need to. You work on you and that will strengthen your bond with them. So often we see what's wrong with them and we forget to turn it on to ourselves and say, wait a second, what is wrong with us? In fact, this is just a human flaw that anybody can do at any given moment, but uh, definitely it pays off when you are parenting adult children. Okay. So before we can talk about, you know, should you parent them? Should you not parent them? What does that look like? If you were to try,
1: look like in that phase of life.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think before we get to that place, we need to definitely talk about how we perceive each other in our different phases of life. So we, we each have different roles throughout our phases of life. The roles change and they modify slightly. So Paige, you're always a daughter, but when you were a five-year-old daughter, that was different than when you were a 15-year-old daughter, or when you are a 23-year-old daughter, it's totally different because 23-year-old daughter, you're adult, you're moved out, you're married, you have a child. I'm I mean, the last thing, but yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> 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 okay. Sorry about that. You know, I'm just, catching record up straight, here. You know? yeah. Anyway, but, um, the last thing you want, you know, me doing is coming over and say, Hey, did you brush your teeth? <laughs> you know, or whatever, like yeah. that's not, that's not my job <laughs> anymore to monitor that. If kind my of teeth
1: thing. rot, that is my problem
0: and my <laughs> choice. <laughs> exactly. So what is it like, how do adults, um, how do adult children view their parents Now, keeping in mind, some adult children have great relationships with their parents. Mm -hmm. Some adult children have relationships with their parents that are a little bit more like distant feeling. And this hurts parents' hearts. It crushes them because they don't want to feel distant with their children. Um, But just so you know, it's oftentimes transitory. It can be a phase um, that they go through. So, so how do how do you see your, maybe I'm not going to say you in particular, but you know, you're a young adult person. Mm -hmm. Um, how do young adults see their parents? Maybe even if they have a great relationship or even if they maybe don't have as great of a relationship, I know you probably, the the latter would be harder for you to identify with, but how do they (laughs) see their parents?
1: Well, I know for me, when I started college, so when I first left the house to go live on campus or by campus, you know, uh, at the school that I'm still currently attending, it was it was different you know and on the on the drive up as we were driving my car load of things that half of it I didn't even need but my carload of things to my apartment to share with five other girls, you know, we had wonderful conversations about, oh, you know, this is kind of what college life is like, and you might run into some of these things. So it was really just a lot of pre-teaching, you know, Mm -hmm. and just a, hey, here's a heads up just in case, you know, and these skills might come in handy for these common college situations, you know, so I really appreciated that. But, you know, when I got into my apartment and was with all of my new roommates. It was, it was really interesting because I found myself feeling a little alone and I'm like, Hmm, you know, I need to talk to somebody. And so it was really good to be able to call you and just be like, Hey mom, you know, here's what happened today. Help me kind of think through it. So there was a, an element of that, but there was also an element of I am my own person. Let's go, you know. <laughs> and so there were some things where, um, mm-hmm. you know, I would call you and I would say, hey, mom, you know, this is what I'm doing. And you'd say, well, how are your grades going? I'm like, oh, we don't need to talk about that, you know, because um, th- that part of uh, me was like, you don't need to know. Those yeah, are my that, choices. That, don't freshman talk to about
0: that first semester. Uh, yeah. We don't talk about that. at first we got a little caught up in the social is what oh yes oh
1: yes I mean that is how I live my life but um but yeah it was interesting because I wanted to be my own person but I still needed you know guidance and direction and mentorship but it was a process multiple year process of figuring out okay who who do I trust for advice and what are things that I come to my parents about, or what are things that I figure out myself, um, stuff like that. And, you know, there were times where I definitely felt like, oh, mom and dad, I, I feel overstepped their bounds in this area. And, you know, that probably could have just been me feeling like, you know, I'm a strong, independent woman. Don't, you know, don't tell me. <laughs> and, you know, there was maybe a little bit of resentment there, but it was all because I really didn't necessarily analyze the whole situation from my perspective, as well as your guys's perspective. So sure. it was yeah, sure. you know, just a lot of growing and trying to understand and really analyze what other people are thinking and feeling and not just myself and doing it, you know, a lot of times on my own, you know, I mean, there mm-hmm. were some days where I called you and i be like, okay, Yep, You know, I need some help with this.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> what do here I comes the buckets of tears, that boy. Uh, oh, geez. That right. was a rough semester. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and stuff like that, you know, exactly. So Paige, what I hear you saying is I hear you saying that adult children, as they think about their parents, they think these are people for advice. Mm-hmm. These are people who are sounding boards. Yeah. When I have things I, I worried about and I want someone who cares, then I know my parents care and yeah. I know and my this parents support me. Like you have a very me. good,
1: healthy relationship.
0: Right. But then what I hear you saying also is, so you actually want to talk to us and you want to hear from us, but maybe not too much, right. maybe not too much because you also want to have this feeling of like, I'm doing it myself. Mm-hmm. So I know there were
1: were definitely feelings of, I guess you could say intrusion. I'd be like, oh my gosh, they're intruding on my life. I want to be my own person. Leave me alone. You know, but I'm like, but then, you know, 20 minutes down the road, I'm like, okay, they're my parents. So I need to try and see this from a parental perspective. Okay. They're really just trying to help you know, so
0: I know well, there that's def- a mature way to look at it. I'm not sure everyone does not that. Not everyone
1: does that, but that's, that's how you trained us growing up. So I was lucky in that regard, but
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and you are a mature person, like, and actually you've Thank always you. been, I think more mature than your years would suggest. But, um, so let's, so let's just say then that sometimes adult children or young adults, uh, think of their parents as it's a little annoying. <laughs> like, stop telling me what you think, you know, or whatever. So on one hand, they're like, please give me advice. Please give me comfort and understanding and be my mm-hmm. sounding board and tell me that recipe for the 20th time and all yeah. that kind of stuff, you know, and, and let me, and tell me, I am going to tell you my boy problems and whatever, but then they're like, wait a second, don't ask me that question. <laughs> you don't need to know it's just like wait a second so from the parents perspective we're getting mixed signals okay oh, it's, it's
1: like dealing with a teenage girl all over again
0: it's well stuff. and the thing is is it can happen with boys too you're like hey i know have a call <laughs> you know, how kids? you call once Hang in out a while? With friends. And then, and then I've heard some parents say, my kids call me every day to tell me all their stuff. It's like really a burden. They need to handle their own stuff, you know? And so we have, it depends some, on the type of person you are. Yeah. It depends on the child, depends on the parent and what they want, what they hope for and, and stuff like that. But I think in general, parents get kind of this mixed messages. So mm-hmm. we get told all this kind of stuff and we've got to support and they're like, Hey, I need help. Like, you know, I, I thought I was going to have enough money for rent but I didn't. And can you help me? And so then we're like, okay, we'll help you, but let's talk about how to not make this happen again. And they're like, okay, okay, okay. And then later when you're like, Hey, how are you doing on your finances? They're like, well, hello, don't ask that. You're like, well, okay. I just bailed you out. It's so right? true. Yeah. And so the parents are like, okay, we, you know, you can't be going around getting offended all the time. So they see their children oftentimes as very easily offendable. You know, it's like, Oh, well, you know, and so parents yeah. have a tendency to walk on eggshells or even to detach completely from their well, children. It's not, and that's when, not, it's it's not just
1: when they first leave the house either. I, I realized that the same thing happens, you know, after I established myself as a single adult person outside of the home, I then met this wonderful man who I decided to marry four months after I met him. And then newlywed life happened, and it kind of started all over again.
0: Oh, totally. And then you had a baby, and it started over again. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. No, because actually, see, that's the thing, though. This is what we're talking about. Like, this is so beautiful because, because Paige, you've actually now been through three different phases of adult, child, young adult thing. <laughs> Go out on my own, get a job, do school, do stuff. Okay, and then oh, now here comes get married. Okay. Now That's starting a whole nother thing. Mm -hmm. Now I've got to run a household with somebody and share finances with somebody and their personality is different than mine. And what do (laughs) I do? And, you know, and there's all that. And then there comes baby. Okay. Now we're bringing children into the mix. And it's like, wait a second, never done this before. How does breast milk work again? You know, whatever, (laughs) you know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, there's so many things that we have to learn as we grow into adulthood. And so naturally, who do we turn to our parents? we turn to the people, who, At least that's, that's all the who
1: you know, most people usually turn
0: to, we would hope so. I mean, there's a lot on YouTube, but truly YouTube does not care about you. Not like <laughs> your parents do. And so you have, or, to. Be or those TikTok
1: creators, you know?
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of great podcasts. I mean, I hope this is one of them, right? There's a lot of great ways that you can find information, maybe even some information your parents don't know, but the one thing you can't ever get from your from anyone else besides your parents, is that love from a parent? That understanding of your history, who you really are, how you tick, what you think, what you need. Your mm-hmm. parents know that better than anybody else. Now, sometimes they know it so much they might just give a little bit too much information. You know, a little too, <laughs> or soon. a little too much unwanted advice. <laughs> yeah, sometimes there is unwanted advice. So we're going to talk about that before we do, though. Let's just talk about the brain for a minute. So, Paige, what is what is the reason? I mean, there's many reasons, but, but one reason that you still need to call your parents from time to time, you're 24. Why? I mean, besides the fact that you just love us and you want to connect because you're a connective person, <laughs> but like, why else would you maybe need to call your parents from time to time?
1: Well, something that I've learned about the psychology of the human mind, uh, especially as I've been working on my marriage and family degree, is that the prefrontal cortex, which is the very front part of the brain, located right behind your forehead? That is the part that does the problem solving and logic, and that is the last piece of the brain to develop. It takes the longest to develop and be fully developed. So, full maturity of the prefrontal cortex usually happens between the ages of 18 to 25, um, and it could be even longer now just because so much technology and destruction has been introduced into normal lifestyle mm. so you know it could even be till around age 30 but um just depends on you know what you're Some exposed of it's to the
0: nurture but yeah how what you've been what your what uh, your
1: culture your family culture is mm. anyway but you know science has said that between 18 and 25 and so um that's when that prefrontal cortex is most likely to be fully matured
0: and Mm. is able
1: to then do a lot of problem solving and use logic.
0: And so, So, yeah, you could have a person become a, an adult. They could have a child legally an adult. Yeah. But they could even have a child like you and their brain could not be fully developed yet. Oh, crazy, something? crazy to think about that. <laughs> no, I'm not saying you're I, any, know, I actually know that when you're pregnant, your hormones do a whole lot of growth. Well, yeah, stuff. no,
1: my poor husband, I, I recognized so many things that I did. I'm like, this is not normal for me, but I'm doing it anyway. Hormones. Oh yeah.
0: That type of hormone. But I mean, hormones also make your body grow in, in pretty aggressive oh, yeah, yeah. ways. And so actually, You know, who knows if when you get pregnant, your brain doesn't just fully develop, you know, I don't know that bit about the brain, but I do know that you could technically from what the studies say, end up having a child even and your, your prefrontal cortex isn't even fully developed yet. So we need to remember that. And that's why young adults still need to have contact with their parents. I mean, we all want to have contact anyway because it's family life that brings us the greatest joy. So yeah. let's talk at a little least, bit or about, or at least
1: with those mentor figures, if the parents are not the best people to be around, which
0: yeah happens sometimes. It but. can happen for sure. It can happen. So let's talk about advice, okay? So parents, your main role as you are parenting your children is now you are an advisor. So it is your job to offer wisdom, but timing is kind of important. And, and sometimes you can't give everything. So let's talk about when to advise. Okay. When to advise. I think some of the key times to advise is when something new is coming. Right. So London of life. Yeah. London just got married and I'm like, now I know, you know, about sex and stuff, but let's <laughs> talk about a little bit more. Okay. Let's have the talk let's talk about what now you're getting married. There's a few more things you might need to know, (laughs) you know? And so here we go. So something new is coming. College is coming. So here we are. What we're talking in the car on the way to college right? Mm -hmm. We're having those conversations. So preparing them whenever you can, something new is on the horizon horizon. That's a good time to have a talk because usually at that time they are anxious, anticipating something. There's a little bit of anxiety there. And so they're willing to like hear what you have to say about it when they get in it. It's a little different because they might feel like I got this. I don't want to hear anybody's, you know, advice on this. Okay. So usually before is best if you can time it that way. But sometimes there is something that needs to be told in the minute and it's not before. And so when something is affecting your relationship with them, you need to advise when a person is doing something that they might not see the the negative consequences the positive long i mean the the positive or negative consequences those long-term effects you might need to bring it up and how you bring it up is important so we'll talk about that in a minute but that's another thing that you need to do but you know sometimes you have to let them go it alone on some things they might have to get dirt poor for a minute you know maybe (laughs) maybe in there yeah maybe you don't advise them as much on their money. You give them a little bit of money advice as they're getting into the different phases. And then you let them go it alone on the money. And if they get dirt poor and they're like, Oh no, I need a new job or, Oh no, I cannot buy groceries. You know, then, (laughs) then they have to come groveling or they have to figure it out. And some of those things are good to figure out because it's those growing pains that lead Mm -hmm. to maturity. It's those failures that make it so that it, it gives them the motivation not to fail again in the future. And those young adult years is the perfect time to have those failures when you don't have so much on the line.
1: Yeah. I think it's really important though, to mention that, adult children will go through hardships differently so I know for me I wanted to be as independent as humanly possible and so you know my my first semester when I said hey I still owe the school a thousand dollars can I get a little help you know I I really did not want to have to ask you guys but you know you guys were very helpful and there there are times even within the recent past where Joseph and I have been like well we have barely enough money for one, maybe two grocery trips for the whole month. (laughs) So let's make it work. You know, let's figure out what resources we, we need to use. And there was a time where, you know, dad would be gracious and sometimes slip a hundred dollars every now and then into my account without me asking. And, you know, it was nice, but you know, at some point it stopped coming. I'm like, you know what? That's okay. That's, that's totally fine. It's a great
0: mom said, stop it.
1: Oh, I know. And, and you know, I'm okay. And it wasn't did.
0: because, and it wasn't because I didn't care because I actually would give a thousand bucks every month. I would give whatever, you know, <laughs> but, but I said, they've got to suffer enough that changes will be made. So this doesn't happen again. Yeah. And, that's and so what if it done. doesn't feel painful enough, then they won't make enough change and they got to make enough change. And you did. Yeah. And you
1: did but it's, it's interesting because I contrast that to, you know, some of my other siblings, I won't name names, but, um, you know, they have been very like, oh, you know, mom will just pay for it. Mom will take care of it. I'm like, no, you're an adult. You have passed the age of 18. You have moved out of the house. You can't just expect our parents to pay for everything, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I've even, told these siblings kind of advised them myself just like hey just a heads up the more you try to be independent and not require money from other people the more they're willing to help you if slash when you get into rough times
0: It's true because it shows character development and parents respond well to that. They're like, Hey, you're helping yourself. I'm happy to help occasionally because they know it's bumpy along the way. I do believe in launching children off. Well, if you can, right. So helping them get a good start. So like oftentimes, you know, like when they're going to get married, we're going to be like, do you have a bed? (laughs) <laughs> like, let's make sure you have a bed, you know? I mean, there's like some key things you need, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So we're going to make sure that there's some of the, do you have a car? Let's make sure you've got a car. It doesn't have to be the fanciest thing, but let's make sure you've got something to right. get you so that you can have a job because if a person doesn't have a car, they usually can't get a good job. And so we have to make sure that there's a couple of those things in place, but then once we get them started, then we assume, okay, now you're going to make sure you always have a car, right? And that you always have a bed, right? And you're going to make sure that you've always got like food, you know, and some of those things that
1: sets priorities too. Right. So typically when parents offer to pay for things, especially when a new phase of life is starting, it's, Oh, let's help you get the essentials. And so Mm -hmm. that really helps set the standard for, Oh, these are things that I need, you know, or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe there's a couple of things that I didn't necessarily need, but they're really nice to have, and they're going to be really helpful, you know, but I think that's really important because then the parents can help set those expectations and set you know, that culture without necessarily having to say, now you don't really need that.
0: Right. Instead of just like judging everything that the person is doing, they can just help them out a little bit by giving suggestions in that way. Mm -hmm. So, so there are times to advise. There are also times to let them go it alone. You know, Mm -hmm. they might get into a bad job and you're like, oh man, that is a grueling job. I, okay. All right. Or or they start dating someone. You're like, oh, I don't know. Oh, that's the worst. So one time I had to say to Quinn, I, I had to say, Uh, Hey, what is my role in your life right now? Because we, you know, I I have a book. It's all about roles. It's called Roles: The Secret to Family, Business, and Social Success. And I talk about the roles in our lives. And there is a role that a, a parent and an adult child have that is different than when the child is a minor, right? And so I said, now that you're an adult and you're doing all these things on your own, what is my role? And And Quinn said, well, I guess to give me advice and, you know, make sure I don't do anything stupid. I mean, warn me (laughs) if I'm going to do something stupid. That sounds like something he'd say. Yeah, right. Exactly. And that's what he did say. And I said, yes, that's right. And I said, that girl you're dating right now, that's stupid. (laughs) And he, and he said, you know, mom, I appreciate that. I appreciate that you came to my work. You waited for me to talk to me. You asked me these questions and then you just told me that. And he said, I know, he says, I'm, I'm literally just dating her because she likes me. It's not because I feel like it's going to go anywhere. I'm not going to go anywhere with her. And I'm like, then you're using her son and don't you use her. And he's like, "Oop, you're right. And he, he dumped her.
1: Mm-hmm. He let
0: her go in
1: a very and, good way, of course.
0: And I was really glad that he did that because he needed to now, am I going to control every single person he dates? No, no. And but you offered advice, world, observations. Help. Yeah. Every once in a while, you might have to say something because they may not see something. Now there was another time where I said with a girl, Hey, there's kind of some red flags. I mean, there's like this and there's this, are you sure you're okay with someone like that? And he was like, mom, I think it's going to be okay. You know, and then time told it was not okay. But I did give the advice. <laughs> it was there.
1: I gave it. I did my part. <laughs> it. I
0: tried to warn, but then there's a point where you cannot tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. They're kind of. You can't. And that is excited. the hardest part for a parent to see somebody struggle and suffer when you know they didn't have to. But there are some people that just have to do things the hard way.
1: Well, and Maybe. it might not necessarily be the hard way, it might just not be the way you thought they should.
0: Right, that's true. So it's well, and might the be hard harder for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Harder than what you did, but in the end, they might need some valuable lessons. So Quinn learned some valuable lessons from that girl. Well, from being with that girl, that I I was warning him that there was a problem, but then he ended up learning so much, and he ended up becoming a better version of himself. You know, especially because yeah. he, had he to learned it through a lot of pain but it was painful. He, he got yeah. hurt. He got hurt hard and not emotionally, relationship. spiritually. Yeah. He got really, really crushed. And, but he realized, wait, God is super important to me. Wait, family is super important to me. These are my priorities. And I am, I have gotten off track here. I mean, not a major, but like, <laughs> he, but he, he had lost focus because he was so worried about the stuff with this girl. And he was like, wait a second. I got to pull things back on track. And so, you know, the, it's not like the advice never came back around. I mean, he said to me, y- you warned me, you asked and, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, so there's things that you ask whenever people are getting married in our family, I always say, okay, so here's the question. What do they bring to the table? Yeah. And what do you bring to the table? Well, and that really
1: tells us to analyze things, you know? Yeah. So I know there were, um, some red flags with some people that I dated. There was, there was one guy.
0: Major um, red flags. Yeah. <laughs> he now helped like, me
1: analyze some things there. I'm like, Oh, you know, I ended I, up having to advise this man who was six years older than me. I think he was 28 at the time that we were dating.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I ended up being kind of his therapist. And I said, Kate, you know, these situations you're having with your family, and you're still living with your mom, and
0: you know there's some problems here. And so, yeah, and I'm going. He's still living with his mom. I know. and know. Mom has got a problem. <laughs> anyway, no, I didn't say it like that, but I was like, honey, just think of what your life is going to be like with this. Mother. I know. I know.
1: There was one point think- we were getting together to record a podcast or something, and I'm like, you know, mom, you know, I I could be married by August of this year, and you're like, hmm. I can see you get visibly like concerned.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like yeah
1: and i ended up being married by that august to
0: two completely different guys to, to completely different yeah that was a yeah, that <laughs> happened fast. That was, that yes, was my sound effect. We should have had a cool <laughs> podcast sound effect. right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay. So let's talk about how to give advice. Cause that's important. And I think, I mean, I've already kind of given an example with when I talked to Quinn, you know, about that girl and stuff. And, and I also gave him advice about a job and he ended up needing to leave the job. Not that I told him, Hey, you know, you need to go, but he was saying, I'm having this problem. I'm having this problem. And just I would say, let's, analyze. let's just analyze it. So one of the best things you can do is when they tell you something let's let's just step back and take a look at that let's look at all the pieces Putting emotions aside yeah let's look at all the pieces you just told me and then let's bring logic into it so bringing logic into it is way better than bringing emotion into it okay well yeah because
1: and- that's where judgment usually comes from is emotions felt and emotions used. So we're not saying that emotions are bad. Definitely use them. Emotions are one of the boxes you're going to be looking at. You know, if you're thinking like Tony Stark holographic computer, that's one of the boxes, right? But that's something that you're going to consider logically. So you're going to say, okay, well, these are your emotions say, you know, with Quinn for this job, this is what you're feeling, but -hmm. you're not going to use those emotions to figure out the situation
0: it's good to go to logic because especially your adult child feels like they're thinking through all their things you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. their brain has done some significant development and they can (laughs) feel it and so they and so they feel like they are really doing stuff here and that is something you have to kind of respect By by saying, okay, well then I'm going to present information that they can think out so that they can come to some of the conclusions on their own, but they can see maybe a different picture of, you know, or a different side of this, a different angle on this that they, they aren't seeing or they haven't seen before. And so you pose questions, you discuss data that you are seeing with them. I don't spend a ton of times trying to convince or battle or debate. That's not the way to go. And don't shame somebody. You know, you always want to be understanding, caring, try to see where they're coming from. Try to see if you can envision yourself walking in their shoes as a young adult, you know, as you're giving the advice, but then in the end, you do need to make sure that you give sound advice, not just like Paige said, emotional advice. And so, you know, that's important too. I think that, um, when you are short, when you don't lecture it, you know, when I just said to Paige, to Quinn, what do you see my role as at this phase of your life? You know? And then he told me and I said, okay, that girl that's a stupid one. And I just left it right there. I just said it. I just brought it into the light and you know that may seem a little harsh to some people my children are used to very direct conversation yeah well and it so, might not have been
1: that she herself was stupid but it was a stupid decision for quick it
0: wasn't a match they were not a match
1: <laughs> there was too much
0: not a match there so
1: whoever you were, were girl if you hear this you're not stupid but you were not the right choice for my brother
0: <laughs> yeah you were not a match exactly uh, no I, I don't think anything bad about the girl i was just like There is no way that the two of them are going to match and have anything productive come of it. And so I just knew anyway. And he's used to direct conversation from me. I also like to just bring things into the light. So when you say things be direct, I often pray actually, okay, heavenly father ask him or help me to have the words that I need to say that will hit the heart of that person so that they will understand that I really care and what they need to know from this. And then I try to say stuff as short as I can. So it's not a lecture because as soon as you start lecturing or debating, it's over. You are suddenly, Suddenly the intrusive enemy. Yeah. And so and that was something I know
1: my husband Joseph was not prepared for when he joined our family.
0: Oh, direct conversation. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) His family culture was completely different. So, in fact, different enough where, you know, when you when we were getting ready to get married, you said, Kay, let's go have the talk. You know, get you ready for you know all that married life stuff. And I said, Hey, can he join us? Because
0: he actually asked. Yeah. He said, you know, can I join that conversation? Cause I'm not sure I'm going to get that. In fact, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get that conversation. (laughs) And cause, cause some families would be like, Oh, we're not going there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Every family dynamic is different, and you know how you've been communicating. So keep that in mind with everything I'm saying. If your children are young and you are listening to this, then you should be thinking, I've got to make sure that everybody knows it's okay to have direct conversation for the rest of their lives. Otherwise, it's gonna make it so that I am gagged as a parent when they are parents. I won't be able to help. I won't be able to actually I
1: actually know some parents who they have told me, you know, I on purpose choose not to give advice because my children have gotten offended or uptight about things. And so I just don't give advice anymore. And I
0: thought, oh, that's so sad. It's really sad. And, and here's the thing, see, things can happen. Children can leave your faith. They can, they can take on different political beliefs. There can be things that make you very, very different from them. And then it can make it even more hard to give that advice. But I think the biggest thing is to always come from a place of love. You might want to ask yourself a question before you give advice. You might want to ask yourself a question like, am I giving this for them or am I giving this for me? Okay. Because if if
1: if it's selfishly motivated, then don't give it no. And your adult children will actually recognize that like, Oh yeah, this is literally just for them.
0: Yeah. So am I giving this for them or am I giving this for me? So if you are sharing something that is just for you, because you want to convince them of your way, because of what you want, then, then don't go there don't give that advice. But if you're like, Ooh, they're in pain, they're going to be hurting, or that could be a potential trap for them. I've got to give this advice for them. Then even if they act like they don't like your advice, they will acknowledge it was for them. If they feel that was the intent. And Mm -hmm. I think that's probably one of the most important things that you could ask yourself as you are giving advice to your children.
1: Yeah. And I think the biggest thing when it comes to giving advice is at least from the parents is, you know, they may or may not take what you say to heart and that's that's a no answer for the parents right mm-hmm. so that's something that you have to be okay with and just mm-hmm. say you know I did my part I shared my observations in the best way that I felt that I could so you know it's up to them to make and their own decisions
0: Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of prayer and you just have to go with it. I, I talked with a mother recently who was talking to me about a child of, of hers that was 30 years old and she was trying to tell them what to do. And the child didn't want to take the advice. And I thought, well, then at the end of the day, you just need to strengthen your relationship and you're going to have to just trust that child. They're 30, you know, they're third, I mean, that's what you have to do. And, and even if they make a mistake, I mean, they'll have to make, you know, lie in the bed they make. And and that's so hard, but some of them have to learn that way. Yeah. You should never be telling your
1: adult children what to do. Always Mm -hmm. be there to give advice. That's different. There's
0: two different things there. Yes. yes,
1: Coming from personal experience, when I get told what to do as an adult, I do not like it, especially because I'm strong-willed and stubborn. (laughs) But well, if someone yes. is coming to me out of love and they say, Hey, you know, I've observed this. I've noticed this. I wanted to make sure that you were aware. Um, and here's this, and I would say, Oh, thank you so much. You know, and then I would kind of analyze the information given and go from there. And that yeah. is the way to do it.
0: Yeah. Always with respect and kindness is going to be the better way. I mean, obviously we all have moments where we didn't do it perfect. Right. But, um, and but that's okay what we learned from. Sorry. Yeah. Then you say, sorry, apologies are beautiful things. Mm -hmm. They are totally, totally beautiful things. You know, there is a book and the book is called roles, the secret (laughs) to family business and social success. And I I highly recommend it up. I know it is, but I'm just saying there is a book, go get the book, go to teaching self government.com and get that book Rolls. Start with that book because it's going to help you analyze who you are in each other's lives. And then start having open conversations, start working on you and your own self-government, the teaching self-government course. If you haven't started that yet, get going now because that teaching self-government course is for you. It is for you to govern you so that you can communicate better with everyone, no matter their ages. Mm -hmm. I have people whose children are to completely gone out of the home. They take that course, they improve their relationship with their spouse, their grandchildren, their children, everyone. And so it's life changing, even though obviously the target group is parents with children still in the home, the principles are principles, which means they're broadly applicable. So go to teachingselfgovernment.com and definitely find that course, the TSU parenting course. And if you get that course,
1: it comes with four group mentor sessions, which means you get to talk to me more because I'm in charge of this.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be great. Thank you so much for joining us on the Teaching Self Government podcast, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self Government podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.